Welcome back to the 2023 MLS season on the Red Patch Boys podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Miller, and I'm joined by my fellow host, supporter, and generally amazing father, David Oliveira. How you doing, David? Cam, nice to be back. How are you? It's been too long. I'm good. I'm good. It's been, it's, it feels like we were doing this so long ago. I don't, I actually can't remember when we recorded last. So for anyone listening, I appreciate your patience in us bringing this back. Um, I'm busy. I got a new job. Like I said, I moved to Hamilton, probably talked about that in one of our last podcasts. So yeah, that's uh, life. Life got in the way for a long time there, but there was no TFC to talk about. So that was good. There's no reason to be talking, but that's changed. And even the TFC that was there, we really didn't want to talk about. <laughs> it, that's very true. I have to say, anyone listening, it's really hard to talk about a team that sucks. It's not It's not fun coming on here at 8 p.m. at night on a Sunday and getting the Sunday scaries and being like, hey, you know what we should talk about? That team that ruined our Saturday night. We should, we should do that. Um, so it's been difficult. However, I'm always the one who's cautiously optimistic, despite everything in the group chats and, you know, all the injuries and so on and so forth. So, you know, I'll, I'll be the positive one on the podcast today. David, you can, you can be bad cop. Um, but uh, it will get I'll right be the in-between into cop. I'll be the in-between cop today. We'll, we'll get right into it. So TFC have played two games as of recording this podcast on uh, March 5th. Um, so we'll go into the first game, the season opener against DC United. Wayne Rudy um, coaching uh, a come-from-behind victory, I guess, even though it felt like they kind of dominated most of the game um, and, and crushed, crushed our souls. I literally took a shot to celebrate the free kick goal that Mark Anthony K scored. And in the time I took the shot and went, yay, we'd conceded. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. <laughs> I take full blame. I take full blame. This was a tough game for me emotionally, David. What did you think just top line of the three, two loss to DC United? Well, going into the game, there's so much, uh, so much optimism. Uh, you know, we brought in some really good uh, hogs to this uh, whole TFD uh, system. Um, everything you read from the pundits or so-called pundits, um, they're saying that TFC is much improved. Their backline is much improved. Even their midfield with the with adding Cervania in was supposed to be much improved. So you know that optimism. Hearing all this from the supposed pros, you feel that a bit of optimism. So yeah, again, you just feel optimistic going into the season. You know, they don't give trophies in professional sports for most improved. Uh, so, you know, as, as exciting as that is, we're going to have to do a bit more. And it's really going to be proof in the pudding. These these This team has been invested in. We've got um, Johnson and Net now. That's a massive upgrade. No disrespect to Bono, to Westberg. You know, great servants of the club. But when you go and sign an MLS Cup MVP, MLS Cup winner, um, national team player, Someone with the the leadership to captain one of the better teams in the in the MLS for in his tenure. That's an upgrade, no woes about it. Uh, and you you saw that in the first two two uh, games, uh, what he brings to this club. Uh, although I think this game he he struggled a bit. 
I would love him to have gotten a hand on the first uh, DC goal from uh, Cleek. Uh, but th- you're right. Defensively, goalkeeping improved. Midfield, jury's out for me. <laughs> I just, even even def- like, like going back to the defense, you have uh, a proven center back in Hedges um, who has been a phenomenal center back in MLS. And he won the MLS Rose- Defender of the Year, didn't he? I mean, that's what I mean. He's a proven, proven guy. And, you know, no disrespect to, to McNaughton, who had a fantastic season last year, I thought, uh, to O'Neal. Um, I don't think they're at a level that uh, they would start at, say, an LAFC, at, um, at a Philadelphia Union. I don't think they're that level. So we did need to improve defensively. We did. Um, and it's it's great to see. Um, now, midfield... I don't know if we're playing the right system. I really don't. Like, you have an aging Bradley who's being asked to do way too much. And by him going up, you're, you're, you end up losing a lot of what Bradley can bring, which is that solid defensive ability in the back. He, I really, really would love to see us play with two defensive midfielders. Yeah, I think more coverage would be good. Um, yeah. Just listening, or I should say, reading the Red Patch Boys WhatsApp group, it you know, there's a lot of frustration with Bradley. There's a lot, uh, Bob Bradley, I mean, um, about his coaching. Again, I'm not as good a, a coach as anyone. I don't think I've got the right to criticize him. I'm frustrated that you know he doesn't make the right changes in a game. We made two subs. We made they, two subs they, the first game. Yeah, as they as they tire, as the as the game becomes more difficult, I I get frustrated with how he he handles that um that side of the game. You know, one forced his hand. Lorenzo Insigne going off injured, which we will talk about. Don't worry. Um, and then again, uh, Adama Diamande coming off um in the seventy seventh. You know, you're leading the game going into the ninetieth minute make a change. I don't know if he was going to, but you know, to, to let this game slip away after being up two one, you, you can blame the mentality of the team, but I think that falls squarely on the shoulders of Bob Bradley to ensure they get across the line. You know, who do you bring in from the bench to, to settle this you know, last few minutes of the game? And that's where the biggest concern I think for TFC is this year is depth. What, what happens to this 11 as soon as we go to the bench is they drop off immensely in quality. A hundred percent. And, you know, like there was a lot of mental lapses for for a first game of the season there. You should not be that mentally exhausted going into the first game of the season. Mark Anthony K, that first goal, as much as going back to that WhatsApp group, as much as everyone blames uh, Bradley, it is fundamental footing. If you see a player running up with the ball, joining the attack, you have to cover him. Mark Anthony K watches Bradley go up and follows him, leaving a huge gap. Bradley actually outruns Mark Anthony K to try and get back. Doesn't get back in time, correct. But at the same time, at least he's trying. He's, he's the oldest guy on the field, probably. And, and here he is outrunning Mark Anthony K. Like, there's, and that wasn't his only mental lap. There was more mental lapses on Mark Anthony K's fault. Uh, um, game. It, it's interesting. Uh, 
just using who scored it.com on, on statistics and kind of reviews in both games, Mark Anthony K is rated very highly. So mm-hmm. uh, visually, I think we're frustrated with what we're getting out of him. But these, these, these number crunchers seem to think that he's having a good game. Now, again, in this DC game, you know, we score a penalty well-deserved um, and then we score off a, a free kick, which again, for me, you know, put us in a position to win the game. I should have known better. I'm a TFC fan. Um, and he pounces on a rebound. He stays active. He, he follows the play. But I think who deserved it? Bernadeschi. <laughs> he, that was a, a wonderful free kick off the crossbar. And if he bangs that in, are we giving, you know, K as much credit in this match? I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's been. It's I really been don't think so. Um, oh, sorry. I, I don't think so. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, sorry, Cam. I w- I'm just saying, I don't think that he gets as higher uh, rating uh, for that game. It's He gets that higher rating because he scores the goal. Yeah. And, you know, if you're just looking at these numbers, and anyone can go to whoscoredit.com, and this is Cameron's opinion. This is just someone's website that I'm referencing. Osorio has the worst rating on the pitch next to uh, Johnson with 6.1. And I'm inclined to agree that he was very anonymous. He hasn't really bounced back from the injury that, you know, I I thought he was probably in the best form of his career going into and and, and hasn't quite yet risen to the expectations we have of this club being, you know, a game changer for us. He should be really that creative spark uh, behind Bernadeschi hasn't, hasn't yet blossomed, but two games in, right. We got to take a a grain of salt with it. A hundred percent. It is two games in. It's still early times. Um, one point on the road out of out of a possible six. It's let's be honest. Uh, I think we'd be we expected the point in DC, but that was our first point in Atlanta in seven matches. Oh, so I mean, look at you with stats. I saw that. I saw that from Apple TV's broadcast. The Red Patch Boys have statistics. This is good. Um, I I would say DC should have been the win or a draw, especially with how that game played out. If you watched it, here's my frustration. We score in the 66th. We score in the 83rd. Once we had the lead, we haven't kept it for more than eight minutes in both games. That's that's a problem with mentality. You know, you you, you concede a, a crossed header to Christian Benteke, which is literally all he's been, been bought for, right? He's not known for his touches. He's a big physical player who can bang headers, and and that's what he did. Um, I think it was Rosted who got absolutely manhandled on that one, but uh, it, it it really a lot couldn't... of foul though. It to me, it's not a foul. It's it's a 50-50 ball. Does he put his hands on, on Rosted? Yeah, but Rosted is also. Has one of his hands on his chest. I agree. I'm not saying he's fouled, but he was manhandled. Like, look at this is this yeah. is a big physical striker, right? You've got to be able to play the position. Um, but you know, how was that person whipping the ball in? You know, I'm pretty sure it came from the left side. You know, I think both goals ended up coming from that same side, which is Osorio's side. You know, Richie Richie's a great offensive threat going forward. He is one of I think our best players, but. I think there needs to be a bit more protection on that that right side. And it goes back to your point. Bradley's being asked to do too much as a defensive midfielder. You know, we're we're, we're geared to be this, you know, attacking team. But to concede the way we did 
at the end of this game, that's what hurts the most about drop road points here. Is we, we should have walked away with a point at minimum against DC, if not all three. And to lose it all in the span of, you know, seven minutes is brutal. That last goal uh, in DC uh, was another mental lapse. It was Osorio not covering his man on the corner. But he came in free. I feel like I could have scored that goal. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, it's it's poorly cleared balls. I think we're much better airily, like in the air. Uh, I know we just talked about a headed goal, but I think just in the air, Johnson's been amazing. I think our defense, like how many corners did we take in Atlanta and, and not concede? So uh, we'll talk about that in, in a minute. But I think overall, you know, we, we just need to be able to clear the ball better. And a few times, you know, players like Kay and, you know, sorry, just played the ball out directly to the opposing team and said, hey, try again, <laughs> which, you know, you just invite pressure. And we got mm-hmm. uh, we, we got unlucky not to, to win this game, but uh, by the end of it, we did not deserve to win. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, we could not we could not close out that game at all. The last thing I'll talk about before we move on from D.C. is uh, Ayoakonola comes on in the 34th minute for the hurt Lorenzo Insigne. And Lorenzo Insigne, by the way, should have been far more clinical on that chance he had in the box when he put it over the net. $15 million, buddy. Score some goals. Sorry. (laughs) Bro, you're you're the highest paid player in the league. That has to be a goal for me. But going off injured will bring up frustration for a lot of people. You're going to talk about that in a little bit. But just Akinola coming on, he had a breakaway and, and forgot how to run. He hit the crossbar, sure, but... This is someone who needs to be able to to rise to the occasion and take an opportunity like this. And and he just has done nothing for me in the past two years. Since the MLS, you know, is back tournament, Akinola has been... Not back. <laughs> subpar at best. Uh, and it just brings up the fear that if Diamonde is, is hurt, he really wasn't much... Uh, for us anyway <laughs> i don't think no. that's a huge loss it just points out that tfc have no out and out striker no it's it's something that we i guess you can't address everything all at once in a salary cap league i think a lot of people want us to to flip the switch just because mlsd has money but we got to remember it's a salary cap league. you can only do so much um when do we get our turn with he Kamara because he's played for 10 different clubs now I feel like we're next does he just like come around to a new club every year has Kai Kamara not played for us I don't think so he played Columbus it seems oh, like it 10, 10 teams man I can list them all I guess I'm not gonna start there but no he oh, never played for us so no man the I guess we're open. the only team <laughs> the option's open so unfortunately um rough start to the year we went from a high, high, high in the 80, what, third minute to low, 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 low in the 97th, um, and that hurt. So going into our next game against Atlanta, we're starting to get a feel for this TFC team. We we, we hear the the pundits, as you mentioned, you alluded to, being, you know, TFC should be up there, right? We should be a top three Eastern team, definitely playoff bound with the upgrades we have. But can we make it work in a long MLS season with, you know, uh, a couple of different tournaments uh, in the mix um, with our current bench? And I have serious concerns about that. But this was a hard-fought game where we we just held on for dear life. 
Offside goals, posts, uh, 70-30 possession. Yeah, it was... was, we literally at points were giving Atlanta the ball and saying, "Okay, guys, let's uh, let's see what you guys can do again." It was it was crazy that it, like it was just counterattacking that we were playing. There was no sense of attack from our team. It was uh, it was tough. Sixteen to four shots, Atlanta to Toronto, um, and just looking at the map, a lot of them one, two, three, four, five, six were outside the eighteen. Um, the rest all inside the 18. Um, oh, I'm getting, we may have to have a, have a, a quick break coming up because I think Zoom's kicking us off. Um, right. so what, what we'd want to see here is, is, you know, a, a better ability to shut down that midfield because they're just, they're just pinging shots, which means there's no pressure on these shooters. They, they, they had a field day and without Johnson and net, we, we get, we get blown out here. hundred percent. A hundred percent. I completely agree with you. It was it was bad. It was really really bad. Um, what what I'll say is is you know, Bernadeschi scoring first was against the run of play. It was a good goal. You know, you see that that talent in in Johnson headmanning the ball. You know, dribbles past a, an attacker before playing the ball out, and then Bradley you know does what Bradley's always been quite good at is playing a long you know direct ball and and what I do love from Bernadette's goal is actually Larea's run off his shoulder. Yeah. Pulls, that little dummy run was fantastic. Pulls the defender for a, just a moment. But again, with a player like Bernadette, all he needs is a moment to, to, to get, to get his left foot ready to crack. And God, does he have a good left foot? Probably the best in the league um, for what it can do. And he did exactly what Quick did to us in the last game, right? Find an opportunity, hit the shot and, and, and really showed, Hey, if we can defend well, there's danger in, in TFC and counterattacking. Um, but again, 52nd minute, eight minutes go by and we concede again. Eight minutes. We can't get past that eight minute mark in two games about after taking the lead. Um, and this is, a, again, a, a stupid play with a, a ball dinked across uh, back post. Richie's trying to you know cover, but it gets played into the middle and there's just no one there to shut down these players at the top of the box. Whether that's Mark Anthony K who, who gets a deflection on it, which, which fools Johnson or, or Servania trying to help out and, and support um, Richie there. It, it just seems that they're at sixes and sevens or all mixed up in the middle where they don't know how to create a low block. I a hundred percent agree with you, Cam. It was uh, the midfield. I don't know what's going on. It's, I don't know if it's a lack of communication, a lack of understanding from each other, which doesn't make sense, but something's not clicking in that midfield. We we can maybe talk a little further down the road, you know, as we see a, bit, a few more games come under the you know Bob's belt this year, um, to see how his setup is working. Um, but to go away to Atlanta, a pretty hostile stadium against a team of, of good quality who might lack a bit of an identity this season um, and get this point was important to us. Um, TFC had 40 clearances. It just felt like they were holding on though. I'm not really proud of it. Like I'm glad we got a road point, uh, but depending on those posts, a couple of amazing saves and, you know, uh, a lucky offside, we, 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 we would have lost this game. There was no chance of us winning it. 
I just want to make one comment off of that, Cam. You know, um, you just mentioned 40 uh, clearances. How many of those clearances wouldn't count as clearances yesterday and would count as goals against? Or uh, last year, I mean, sorry. How many of those clearances would have been goals against? You know, yeah. we kept our shape really nicely um, yesterday in Atlanta. Uh, problem is, we can't transition from the defense to the attack properly to to make anything out of it. It's, it's again, it comes down to having a target player to get the ball into someone's feet up top. There isn't really that 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 target, but. I think Bradley wants to build from the back, right? He wants to invite pressure so we can we can do those counterattacking plays like we did for the goal. I understand that, but it is that ability for you know Petretta um, and, and Larea to to really stretch teams and pull them out wide. I, I just I worry that we're going to rely so heavily on this back line because that is now one of our strengths. And we're going to hopefully squeak out a draw here and there Here's and the not thing, really like, ever be in a position to win games. Like yesterday, one thing I do want to mention is I really liked how we transitioned to playing with a mobile three or an interchanging three. Uh, depends on how you want to talk. A dynamic three depends on what you want to call it. But it, it literally means you just have three strikers that don't really have a solid position. You saw at points Burnham was playing in the left, Rosario in the middle. Yomande out right, and they just interchange fantastically. What that does, that kind of messes up with the defense, who can't really read where that player is going to be at all times. But for that, for a mobile three to work properly, you need those overlapping runs, and you saw it work perfectly when Larea did that for Bernadeschi's goal. It's, it's going to be super important if we do continue to play with this mobile three up front, that we do have those interchanging runs. But at the same time, you have to have the linking play from your midfield. And uh, with with just playing uh, the way we, we have been playing, we, we can't even get the ball out of our own half for, for us to even get it up front. Yeah. Well, speaking of being mobile up front, you know who was not mobile? Adame Diamande. <laughs> yeah. You know, another striker gonna... going down hurt in the first 30 minutes of a game. There's got to be a little, you know, red flag someone's waving about TFC and their medical team. How is this happening? Sure, turf, I get, but non-contact injuries, they're going down with strains, with, with poles. That, that's in some part connected to training. That has to be. I don't think it's just that, Kim. I think it's this is something I've had an issue with for, for quite some time. I remember mentioning it last year, is how many games do we lose to thinking muscle strains and uh, 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 sprained ankles and things like that, where it's it shouldn't be happening at, at the this level. We something is going on with our sports science department and our our health uh, department. And the the thing that gets me is that we don't have a single person in the media with the nuts to get up in an interview and ask Bob Bradley what is going on with with these departments. How are we losing so many man games to these types of injuries? It, it it's it's a shocking experience to to always have this this struggle with our best players getting hurt. In terms of DPS, we saw that with Josie. We now see that with Lorenzo and Signe. Um, 
Victor Vasquez isn't back yet. I know he was on the bench there, but hasn't featured. Uh, my fear is that we've got a lot of, you know, 30-somethings on this team that at any moment could go down. If you lose, again, he's never really had this injury concern, but, you know, Johnson, Hedges, Bradley, Osorio, Diamande, um, uh, Vasquez, all above the age of 30. That, you know, the, that's when it starts going. So this this depth is is very, very limited for a TFC squad and one that every injury we get this season is going to really, really hurt as much as we want to see DeAndre Kerr, McNaughton, you know, Jaquil Marshall, Ruddy, and uh, Hugo Mbonga. Like we want them out playing, but in the right way, not, Hey, you got to go in because everyone's hurt. <laughs> Don't throw them to the wolves. You exactly. know what I mean? Like bring them in gradually, but in the future, me and you should uh, complete a study to see like uh, how, many games we've lost to these types of injuries compared to other teams in, say, like, the last three years. I bet you there would be a direct correlation to the standings and how many games you lose. Yeah. we Again, we only have one D, um, DP playing right now. One of two we have. There is no other DP right now. So there is that opportunity to improve. But overall, we'll, we'll put a nice little bow on this one and go to break, is – Road point away to Atlanta, first in seven games, as you said, away. Um, good good to see a fight in this team, the ability to, to hunker down, and, and I think the defense is a testament to that. Um, but overall, it, this is a game that, that shows there's a long way to go uh, to be more offensively a threat in this league. Um and I'll leave it there. Any any other closing comments for for Atlanta TFC one one? Um, you know what? Like, not right now, but we can after the break. We can definitely come back and uh, discuss it a bit further. Awesome. All right, be right back, everybody. And welcome back to the Red Patch Boys podcast. Uh, we've covered the first two games of the twenty twenty three. Toronto FC season. Um, and we've seen roughly what we might expect. Two games is a very small sample size, David. Uh, but if you want to summarize, what do you expect of this team? Perhaps it's, you know, home and away form. Maybe it's going to be, you know, will they make playoffs in the new weird playoff picture, which we'll have to cover in another pod. Um, yeah. What are your predictions this season based on this very small sample size? So I've been one of the biggest defenders of Bob Bradley till now. I think any coach, any sporting director with the team that he had or inherited, he needed a year to to kind of put his stamp on it. But at this point, what is his stamp looking like? He should have an established team. And there's more questions than answers at this point. You know, we the last two games, yes, we've we've defended decently, but then there's major lapses that we can't get over. We're playing this counterattacking style, but we have nothing going forward. There needs to be a point where we do start putting more pressure on Bob Bradley, and and I think that point is starting to come really close. Mind you, two games does not a season make. At the same point, when there's mistake after mistake, and they're the same types of mistake, that's got to some something's got to give there. 
Yeah, it's. It, I, I think they're continuing to to see Bob try and put his imprint on this team. Um, he's now brought in more people. We got to think about how how many new team members are, are in that starting eleven in this game um, or in these games we've seen so far. Nearly an entirely new backline. Um, uh, the 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 starting defense is now on the bench in the form of McNaughton, um, Thompson, and. Uh, uh, who O'Neal. am I missing there? Uh, who's O'Neill? O'Neill, thank you. I couldn't remember. Um, so that's a that's huge, a huge change here. So these guys are probably still getting to know each other. Petretta, I think, is a, is a huge upgrade. I I think this team will concede less goals than we have in in years past. The DC was a bit of an aberration. You know, three five goal game, kind of a blowout with the first game of the season. I think Atlanta was probably a better example of how these games are going to go. I think we will be uh, a better defensively sound team is kind of where I'm going with this. It's just, can Bob figure out how to make the offense work? I mean, and and if we do get a point in every away game, that's that's really big. In a, in a season where a lot of teams make it into the playoffs, getting an away point, you have what? That's 18 points right there. There's 18 away games, right? If I'm not mistaken, give or take. 18 points that that's going to go a long way to to a playoff uh at least getting into the playoffs and, and even then i i think this team will will have to have unbelievable home form like any yep. team you know you win at home you're typically in the playoffs um stealing points on the road it's difficult for i would say canadian teams maybe not so so much vancouver but definitely toronto and montreal playing a lot of their their games to start a season on the road we're we're now seeing Toronto play two games at home in the month of March which is pretty astonishing i don't know when the last time that happened was get your snow jackets uh ready because uh they're calling for snow on saturday we're going to have to bundle up here um what what does that do for us you know that that allows the fan base you my red patch boys and girls uh, and everything in between uh, to to bring the energy to these 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 guys, get them feeling a part of this team because they haven't played in front of us yet. No, I mean, well, Hedges has played against us, and he knows what we can do. Uh, Same with Johnson, yeah. Same yep. with Johnson, right? So th- th- that's I think a big a big thing to take into consideration here is how will our home form be, and will Lorenzo Insigne be healthy? I, I think we win this next game against Columbus. That's always a big rub, rubber match. Um, but we we should come into this game buoyed by the fact that we we are improved defensively. So it, it just means we've got to ride that wave going forward to attack and start finding people who can become secondary goal scorers. Because right now it's Bernadeschi. Bernadeschi, Bernadeschi, Bernadeschi. I don't see anyone else scoring right now. It's really frustrating. But um, if we can get a little bit of secondary help, maybe get Richie on that score sheet or or at least continue to, to, to draw fouls and penalties, uh, which I strongly believe will happen consistently, just his play style and his, his speed and, and, and quick thinking. Um, but my thought is we we will definitely be a playoff team. Anything less than that is an absolute and utter failure. Um, and, and depending on how this team grows, I would love to reassess in the month of, you know, call it July, August and say, is this a cup team? Um, because LA FC looked really good in their game and the reigning champs. 
Although, you know, Portland did storm back to make it a 3-2 game, it more interesting. So offensively, will it work? I don't know. But defensively, I think we're much more sound. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I agree with you on every uh, aspect there. Um, going going into Saturday, playing against Columbus, they're coming off a 2-0 win against D.C. Um, they lost to Philadelphia 4-1 finalist uh, in the MLS up last year uh but you know they're let's see what happens it's still early times and you know you do have to cement uh your footprint on the league uh early on in the season um i think that the the fans have to come out in full force and be that 12th man especially right now when we are going through those growing pains again um they're gonna need a bit of extra support and i, I hope to see at least the South stand, if not every every uh, stand, pumping. Yeah, we'll have to bring some energy. It'll be a chilly one, but um, you know it'll be under the lights. You know those are always fun, an exciting exciting version of of football um, on a Saturday night. Uh, but you know I'm I'm just hoping 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 Insigne plays. Uh, I think he plays the the full DC game. We we win that. Um, maybe four two, four three, but I think we win that game. So going into it, hopefully we have a bit more support up front, uh, because I don't know the status of Diamande. I don't know if he's coming back. We lost Diamande and Akinola to muscle injuries wow. as well, lower body injuries. Akinola as well, right? Jeez, I kind of feel bad we shipped out Jesus now. He hasn't played a single game for Dallas because he's having visa troubles. Again, Apple TV stat. Oh, whoa, poor guy. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it has to be an Easter miracle, I guess, for, for Jesus. <laughs> um, okay, so looking ahead, I, I think we, we have a good idea that we're going to have two home games, Columbus and then Inter-Miami. Hopefully Inter hates the cold and they don't play well in that uh, in that game on the uh, the 18th, but you know, we'll, we'll probably be back on a pod between now and then. So we can review that a bit uh, more uh, going forward now, because this obviously is a red patch boys podcast. We should talk a bit about the red patch boys. Um, my, my big thing. And before we go into your updates, uh, David is the um, supporters event at mill street that had Bernadeschi and um, Johnson show up and actually meet some of the fans. And I heard good things. It sounds like they're really nice individuals answering everyone's questions. Um, if anyone attended, then they want to come on the pod and talk about it and let us, uh, you know, a bit more insight to our new goalkeeper, maybe a bit of insight to our, our talisman and Bernadeschi. We'd love to hear it. So get in touch, message us on, on the forums, message us on Instagram, however you see fit. Um, but no, we'd love to hear more about these players from a, a more intimate perspective. And, and beyond that, David, what's uh, what's going on in the world of RPD? So uh, I just want to bring up some dates. Uh, if you do listen to this before then, March 7th to March 9th at Coca-Cola Coliseum, formerly known as Rico Coliseum, formerly known as the Bemo Field parking lot, uh, from 5-ish to uh, late, we'll say. Uh, there is some uh, banner painting sessions. I know uh, we're looking to... Uh, Fix up some of our older banners, the Fortress banner, for example. And if I'm not mistaken, there is a TIFO that uh, is in the works. So um, if you've ever wondered what it's like to be uh, at a banner session and the work that goes into uh, a TIFO, um, come on down. 
it's a great way to meet your fellow supporters, your fellow Red Patch boys, your fellow uh, South uh, Stand uh, fans. I will, I'll, I'll tag on to that, David. I, I have a memory of of painting a few TIFOs in my time once in the freezing cold in a storage unit I'd rented for work um, with uh, Pete or, or uh, Port York Redcoat, if you see him on the forums. Um, and we, we did that uh, very, very cold, but we got it painted. And it was uh, for Josie and for Bradley, I believe for a Columbus away game, if I remember correctly. Uh, and that was a lot of fun just again bonding getting to meet people and hear more of their stories and then it was kickstart our hearts the um giovinco celebration on the big old harley with flames and we did that outside of uh, joe's at rest in peace um and that was an amazing experience a lot more people got involved of, of all different ages and that's i think one of the more memorable ones that we've done um short of the the circus which was again mind-blowing so please 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 get involved with the tifos they're super fun and could you tell us one more time david the dates and time of that please march 7th to 9 at coca-cola coliseum from around five o'clock we are supporters sometimes we're late to things uh to who knows let's just say till late <laughs> and and where do they, do they know any point of access or, or is that something that'll probably be posted on the forums on how to get into the building if you do go on the on the um, uh, the forums, you'll find it. I'm sure it'll probably be up on Facebook as well. Uh, worst case scenario, hit up one of us and we'll put you in touch with the people that uh, that can definitely uh, give you those uh, directions. Perfect. And a great segue here is how does someone get access to the forums, to the Facebook page? What's all this membership about? So uh, we are going through our renewal process right now. Um, you can go to forums.redpatchboys.ca, uh, look up, uh, anything there. Um, again, you can go to our Facebook page. Uh, if you are not a member and you are looking to become a member of our Facebook page, uh, there are some questions you have to fill out. If you don't answer or say no to one of those questions, you're not going to be let in. Simple as that. You know, there's, it doesn't take too long to go through the rules. Uh, the pretty standard rules. Um, so just answer those questions. We'll let you in. Um, you can go on the Red Patch Boys Twitter, Red Patch Boys Instagram. I'm sure there's a link tree somewhere where it gives you all the different uh, different uh, links to all of our pages. Go on there, find the one you're looking for, and uh, yeah, become a member. There's uh, a lot of different options this year. Um, an option. Uh, it's just a simple membership. Another option that is a scarf and a third option that is a scarf and something else that's coming down the line that I'm not sure I can talk about. It's it. a t-shirt. Okay, yes. It, it is. I'm not sure if we're allowed to disclose that, but sorry, guys. We disclosed it. <laughs> and that's how we got banned. Um, <laughs> yeah, the big thing here, folks, is we all renew. It's not an expensive cost. It's just you know, the way of us organizing and, 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 and building community within the Red Patch Boys. So if you've not become an official Red Patch Boys supporter yet, please do. It's not like I'm asking you for money for this podcast. I'm just asking you to sign up as a Red Patch Boys officially. Um, and that goes out to all my friends who might listen to this, who come into the stadium and enjoy the seats and the environment around me by a membership. And there it is, <laughs> official. And I mean, it kind of the segue off of that, on March 25th, we have our annual general meeting. 
save the date, everyone. It's going to be March 25th. Location, I don't think, has been finalized. But through, in the uh, general meeting, we answer all kinds of questions that you may have. Um, the financials are explained thoroughly. Um, if you're wondering what the money does go to, we are a not-for-profit. So all the money does get put back into the group, whether it's flag, our forums page, uh, T-shirts, uh, scarves, what you name it, like the money gets reinvested into the group. It's no one's making any money off of it. Uh, so it's a please become a member. It does go a long way to helping us put on those tipos that everyone wants so bad. Exactly that. So please get involved that way. Um, membership's great. Uh, forums good. I, I, I haven't heard anything. You may be able to inform me. You're my inside man, David. Uh, any thoughts of a home opener for Red Patch Boys getting together? I assume Brazenhead? I would love to, to have something organized. Um, keep your uh, your ears open. Again, forums, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I'm sure something's going to come out. Um, short of that, I mean, there is Brazenhead. Um, there is talk. Uh tailgates in the future um i'm sure no one wants to do a tailgate in the snow um when we talk tailgate we're talking our old school rpb tailgates with the barbecues some coffee cups with Fiducci, cold yeah. coffee maybe some <laughs> glenn m ribs if if you know you know you know um yep. uh, yeah i haven't done a tailgate in years and years so that would be a lot I of miss fun those. And if there's anything else you want us as a supporters group to do, there's a thought, you know, we had some, some great suggestions in our last AGM at Mill Street about maybe doing a Insigne welcome at a Jays game. Unfortunately, nothing came to fruition, but, you know, definitely get involved in the forums and the group chats or even message us. If you want us to talk about it on the pod, happy to get it involved. I think this is the way we grow the community and we want to make sure that everyone gets involved and feels as welcome as they are. A hundred percent wide open our arms are at uh red patch boys uh no one should feel um awkward coming up to anyone in our uh stand to discuss any ideas that they have uh everyone's always open ears and open arms to receive everybody and um don't worry come come uh talk to us we are friendly we're not gonna bite your heads off Depends on how the game goes for me. Uh, well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> on that bombshell, I will I will wrap up this first podcast of the 2023 season for Toronto FC. Uh, on behalf of the Red Patch Boys, uh, myself, Cameron Miller, my co-host and friend, David Oliveira, uh, our other podcast members who didn't join us tonight, Ben and Peter. We love you guys. Hope to have you on soon. Um, and any parting words, David? Come on, you Reds. With that, enjoy. See you in the stands. Yeah.